Hello and welcome to the Meditation Conversation. I'm your host, Kara Goodwin. And today, this is going to be so much fun. I'm so excited because I have David Lyon. He's back. And we've brought in Michael Massey. So just as a reminder, David was here in episode 93. So if you haven't listened to that yet, do go back because that was a, a really amazing episode. And I've had a lot of feedback from people who just love him and really loved that episode. Um, David brings the soul's magic to light to assist in connecting with higher purpose. And he's a spiritual guide, a mystic, hypnotist, and he's here to make magic normal again. So welcome, David. Welcome, Michael, both of you. So great to yeah. have you. Thank you so much. And I, and I love what you said. Bring bring the soul's magic to life. I don't think I have that written anywhere. That was that was wow. really good. I don't know where you got that. <laughs> this, well, so bringing the soul's magic to light, I think that just kind of was it just is you that's just you but the the make magic normal again that one came from yep. you know that was all you i yes. loved that um <laughs> so we are recording this on april 1st april fool's day and quite cruelly david is in costa rica while michael and i are <laughs> in indiana and it snowed today in indiana in april and so this is this this great cosmic joke that, um, you know, the Canadian is down there in Costa Rica and we have snow here. Uh, it didn't settle, but still I saw the flurries and I was like, okay, the joke's coming from God today. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect example of the beauty in contrast. Right. Yes. Well said. So David, you have quite a playful style. And, um, so it's, I, we thought it was important to just highlight that it is April Fool's Day, and that seems like a perfect day to connect with you and your playfulness. And, <laughs> um, you know, we there is this thing called the great cosmic joke, and maybe that will, maybe we can look into that a little bit, you know, at the end. But, um, but before we go too far, I want to congratulate you because you have recently gotten at least energetically married. I'm yes. so excited. Oh. Wow, and you and you you really hit the nail on the head. You, I, I, I don't know how you know the, the energetic part, but you really do your research very well. I must say, <laughs> you're, you, you blow me away every time. But yes, I recently or we recently got, um, I guess you could say, energetically married. You know, it's our way of bringing heaven down to earth, and you know, embodying the husband energy and the wife energy first before making it a physical, uh, grounded experience in that sense. Yeah, and. And your your wife, Avea, she is amazing. And that's how I know, because um, <laughs> as you and I have connected, she's she is behind the scenes helping with logistics. And so and that's common. I, I interview many people and there there usually is somebody who's there kind of working on logistics. So I have you know, she and I have exchanged several emails and we get quite 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 chatty and she's beautiful and I love talking to her and I had no idea you two were together. And so then I saw on Instagram uh, that you got married and then I saw it was her. I was like, Oh my God, I totally missed it. I didn't even know that they were together. So, um, and then she, and then I, I emailed with her about it and she explained the energetic thing. So that's yeah, so beautiful. Yeah. 
yeah, it's definitely been quite the journey, you know, because like, because I didn't know it either for a long time. You know, we we've been friends for over 10 years and it was only as of this Christmas that that um, clarity came to light where I'm like, holy crap, she's right in front of me, oh. you know, and it's and it's just amazing because it, it goes it, it goes to show how, you know, until we're embodied in certain versions of ourselves, so to mm -hmm. speak, there's certain things that we won't perceive, even if they're right in front of us, mm -hmm. you know? And what's, what's kind of funny is I literally had told her the same thing, maybe like a month prior to Christmas when, you know, we were just, she was talking about finding her husband and I was talking about finding my wife in front of each other, oh, wow. you know? And, and then, you know, I had said something to her. I'm like, well, you know, until you're embodied in the right energy, he might be in front of you and you won't see him. How funny. <laughs> <You know? laughs> So how's that for the cosmic joke? Yeah, that's it. There exactly. you go. That's the, that's the great stuff. That's good. Yeah. Is there anything better than cosmic humor, brother? Yeah. That's it, man. That's it. Well, and I've heard you talk, I mean, when when you were single about telepathically connecting with your wife, but you didn't know who it was, and then... What, did she was she having a similar experience where she felt she was telepathically connecting with her husband too, or not in the same way? Okay. Not in the same way. Yeah, her experience was different. Um, you know, she had been feeling the energy. Well, I mean, so on her end, for a long time, she felt it was me. Oh. But I kept saying no. I'm like, I'm like, nope. That's not my clarity. That's that's not my truth. And. And in a way, it was both true and untrue, you know, so true in the sense that, yes, we came together and untrue in the sense that it wasn't those versions of us that were meant to be together. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, so yeah. it's uh, it, it's it's really it's interesting how things play out. I got to say. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Well, I I am reminded of the um, Top Gun, Meg Ryan and Top Gun when she's like, Hearts are breaking wide open all around the world. I can imagine with the two of you having found each other, they're just broken hearts. Or <laughs> no, <laughs> on both sides, you're both just amazing, beautiful souls. So I'm so happy yeah, that, you found each other. That's wonderful. Thank you so much. You know, it, it was it was just so much magic to the unfolding. You know, because like as I shared with you last time, like I had been speaking with my wife telepathically for three years. And I always had this feeling of like, I'm already married. Just don't remember. And it was a very weird feeling to have, you know, cause it's like, it makes you, or it can make you go like, am I crazy? Am I making this up? You know? So and you felt like you were already married, but you didn't remember. How interesting. Yeah. yeah so, so even when in the past, when Avea would ask me, you know, like, why not me, you know, things of that nature, I would say, I'm like, it has nothing to do with you not being good enough or anything like that. I'm like, you're amazing. You're like the most perfect woman I've ever experienced. And I just feel like I'm already married. I just don't remember who that person is. Oh. Right. Or which was a remembering of the deeper love within was really the energetics of it, you know? And, and then there was like a whole unfolding of like, once we did come into union, I became aware of why I chose not to remember why I was already married. And that's because there was basically trauma that happened in a parallel lifetime of 
her leaving me and and it hurt me and so I didn't want to remember and so it, there was there was a whole unfolding that happened it's it's, it's quite the story oh yeah. my goodness <laughs> that's amazing wow well thank you for sharing that with us that was great were of you about course. to ask something no no continue okay well when you were on before we had so many synchronicities and it was so much fun. And uh, again, I just highly recommend if you haven't heard that, if you're listening and you haven't heard that, go back and listen if you if you want to. It's because it, it was just I had all these questions <laughs> that I wanted to get to. And then you'd like hit them right before or um, and then Michael dialed in. I thought I put my phone on do not disturb. And then the whole time that we're talking, I'm like, oh, I really wish I'd had Michael come because there were so many connections between the two of you that you were saying things that he has said to me um, because Michael also uh, acts as my mentor too. So I've learned a ton from him. And so there are different ways that he has put things that were the same way that you have put them that I haven't heard other people talk about. And um, (laughs) one of the things one of the many things, the connections was um, Arcturus. So you mm-hmm. had just mentioned in passing that you had like part of your soul soup was Arcturian and mm-hmm. Michael is Arcturian. And so I wanted to start with this um, in the connection of you two, but I, I'm thinking maybe we even just need to clarify what Arcturus is because it's not like Mars that everybody might be familiar with it. Okay, Michael, go. I'll go. <laughs> yes, right. please do. Um, so uh, th- there's so much that we could uh, we can talk about in terms of uh, and you know being Arcturian, but again, it's like a um, uh, and you described it in your your prior uh, podcast, and I've kind of touched upon this as, as well that um, our individual soul is a soup of of different different energies and flavors. And so um, as we expand in our awareness and we make our connections throughout the stars and stuff, and we're able to, to connect to these various different energies that comprise the, the, the totality of, of who we are in our own uniqueness. Um, but it's so fun to meet another where you're like, ah, you know, we share some of the same soup ingredients, right? <laughs> so I'm like, ah, okay, all right, see, yeah. I'm like, yeah. And so Arcturus now is, you know, one of the brighter stars in the, in the night sky. It's the first one when, when I was going through my awakenings back in um, 2009, 2010 is when, when I got activated. And um, so, and I remember going out and I hadn't made any star connection before um, in this, uh, you know, telepathic connection. And I remember going out, and I was just seeing this star in this uh, in the night sky that just caught my attention. And so I'm looking at it, and then the, the closer I'm, you know, I'm looking at it, then it begins to kind of, it was like changing colors, kind of flashing, twinkling, and then I, all of a sudden, it was just this, this. I just want to say hi, <laughs> <laughs> and that, and that began uh, this exchange. With, uh, with a star which I later then learned was Arcturus. And, and if anyone wants to find this particular star in the sky, it's one of the easier stars to find uh, as long as you know how to find the Big Dipper. 
Um, so for those of you out there that want to find Arcturus, you just find the Big Dipper. You follow the handle of the, the, the Big Dipper, and it kind of forms an arc across the sky, and the next big, brightest star is uh, Arcturus. Mm. So, um, so that was like the first thing. Eventually, I was making connection with other star systems, um, 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 Pleiades, obviously, and, and Sirius, which kind of formed the, uh, the three main kind of benevolent factions that are overseeing and overlooking uh, um, our plight here on Earth. Um, and now I want to kind of bring this up to you as well. So that was about 2009 or 2010. Along about 2012 is when I made it to Sedona. And um, I'd had certain gifts and stuff actually activated, and I was putting a lot of the grid working and, and that stuff into play. And I saw there's this like little workshop that I saw there in, in Sedona of someone who was like introduction to grid working or something. And I hadn't seen anybody else even use that term. So I'm like, oh, I'll go check it out. And it was a nice introduction little thing. But one of the gals there, um, I didn't, I was like, okay, yeah, that's cool. You know, um, didn't learn a whole lot, but it was a real introduction kind of a thing. But one of the gals that had run the workshop, I later met her at um, the Cathedral Rock uh, Full Moon Drum Circle. I don't know if you, have you been to Sedona? Not yet. Not yet, okay. Um, uh, every full moon they do this drum circle up at Cathedral Rock. It's quite an event. So I get, go up to her, and uh, I say, uh, I'm like, hey, you were doing that workshop. And she said, yeah. And I said, hey, where did you get your, your information from? And she says, well, I have a, a contact of this being um, uh, from Arcturus named Eli. And she had, <laughs> she had met this Arcturian and had given her the, the, the basics for um you know for for this for this grid working workshop and i looked at her and i says uh i says oh i know arcturus and then she looked at me and her mouth just dropped open and I, she's literally like dumbfounded and she looks at me and she says she said holy super highway I've never seen anyone open up a channel that big to Arcturus just like that. <laughs> and I was like, oh, really? You can see that? And um, I, at this point in time, I didn't have a lot. Like, I wasn't reading people's auras or so much, uh, anything like that. And But she is, that was her gift, and so she could see that. And, and I had always, up to that point, um, and it, uh, I was still, I knew I had, was gifted, but I it was still coming into a lot of awareness or understanding of my own gifts. And it's, it was so easy to compare. Like, oh, somebody else sees auras, they're more advanced than I am. And this was a real pivot point where I understood, oh, no, I have a mm. particular gift. Just because oh, it's not the same gift that somebody else has, this is nothing to compare one against each other to. So, um, so in that was a, a really good point for me in understanding how my own consciousness works, and that I don't, I don't have like very rarely do I have interactions with any like beings or entities where there's a kind of a conversation or a back and forth. 
No, I sort of like jack into these various different systems, share consciousness with them, and then like my thoughts then, if I'm connected to Arcturus, then I have Arcturian thoughts. Mm-hmm. Does that does that resonate perfect with sense. you? Oh, yeah, it makes perfect sense, yeah. Make perfect sense, okay. And because you'd spoken a lot before about how you're having uh, these, that you, you've, you've grown up your whole life with this telepathic abilities even before you didn't understand them and uh and hey so did i (laughs) (laughs) and um and then it's like attracts like what (laughs) i said like attracts like that's right okay so we're gonna move the whole rest of this podcast to telepathic <laughs> oh no. I'm in trouble. <laughs> uh, anyhow, um so I, I actually kind of want to just share that little bit of a, a background and uh how much I appreciate what um what you're doing in helping to uh people to discover um uh their unique gifts and what makes what is the essence of the magic that they that they bring so thank you um, thank you very much <laughs> for your service brother of course and likewise man I, I appreciate your shine and your and your heart you have a very clear um just innocence and compassion to you that is just very palpable and so i appreciate that in you <laughs> So does it work? I know when, when we spoke before and Arcturus came up, that that mm. was something that had just come to light within the last few months. I don't know if anything, like, is it similar? I'm curious if it's like, because I remember the story was that you actually kind of heard or you got the information as you were looking at Arcturus, that that was home. I don't know. Has it has have there been has there been more connection with that over time or not particularly with Arcturus at least consciously? Uh-huh. Um, you know, I've actually been in a very interesting evolution that I've been exploring and and having conversations with uh, about with with different people because it's not something that I've really seen too many people go through and it's um. To be honest, it's, it's, it's even it's quite uncomfortable because I don't have a reference point. But essentially, what's been happening, you know, so you know, you know, just to give a really quick backstory for anyone who's new over here, it's like so I'm I've been as you know channeling all kinds of different guides and beings and this that and the other for many 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 years and teaching these things. And recently, and I believe my union was a part of this catalyst, you know. But recently, while I was meditating, I was just in a very deep meditative state. And what I would do sometimes when I feel called is I would wake up in the morning and have a conversation with God mm. and or a conversation with source if people prefer that language. Mm. <laughs> and, and so I was in that kind of flow where in the morning as I was waking up and having my conversations with God and this time or that particular time I had my conversation and then I was just sitting in meditation with the energies and I was just letting myself bathe and soak in them. And then at some point, very automatically or seemingly automatically, my inner voice made this powerful declaration 
where it just all of a sudden said, I no longer channel other beings. I only channel love. Mm. And then all of a sudden my chakras lit up and did a whole kind of thing. You know, it was, a, it was a whole magical unfolding, so to speak. And then like it caught me off guard. And then when I opened my eyes, I was a bit panicked. I was just like, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm like, what, what, what just happened? Wait, like, I, like, like, yeah, yeah. Love, love is good and all, but I, I do like channeling other beings. <laughs> and I was, I was a little, I was freaked out. I was, I was legit freaked out, you know, like, and of course, like the deeper me knew that obviously it was safe and that it was a good thing, you know, but my human self or my mind was just like, what just happened over here? Because from that moment forward, everything changed. Like the way that my gifts operate, completely different. So the, like an analogy I can give, it's like, if before I was one kind of musical instrument, now I was a different instrument altogether. So like there's no strings. Now I got tromb- um, trumpet buttons just to give yeah. a metaphor. And so I felt different. And for the first few days, I was in a lot of resistance and panic and I was like trying to go inside and rewire myself and do all kinds <laughs> like, of things. You're like, this is my thing. <laughs> it, oh, it, it freaked me out. And, and the more I tried to rewire myself energetically, it felt like I was tangling myself in a fishing line, you know, because I was just like, that's what it felt like on my energy centers. And then at some point, I would say after about four or five days, I surrendered and I'm like, okay, you know, everything always happens for a magical reason, even when I can't understand why. Apologize about the dog in the background. (laughs) And in my surrender, while we were watching the sunset one day, all of a sudden, through softening the resistance in my consciousness, this clarity came in and this message came in of letting me know that what I did is I passed through a gateway. That declaration was me passing through a certain kind of gateway where really what was being said was, I no longer channel from separation. I only channel from oneness. Uh-huh. It, that, was the co- that was the code of the message. Other beings imply separateness, right? Right, right. That's, that's, that's kind of what I was talking about earlier, or that's been my experience of it. I don't see this as some other thing that I'm having an interact- interaction with. It's, uh-huh. And... I, we were just talking the other day. Oh, I'm yeah, I know. <laughs> we were talking the other day about, you know, uh, uh, ascension, if you want to use that word, or this, this, uh, the overall becoming as you, as, as, as we, you know, we, we put our, all the pieces of ourselves together and we grow and expand into ultimately becoming this cosmic being where you could look at, you know, this race of beings or that race of beings are like systems, organic systems within one body. So just like you might have a limbic system, you have a circulatory nervous system, that the various different races and galaxies and all these components of the overall universe are just systems within the one self. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. there's, you know, you could, yes, you can say I'm an organic organ in here called a heart or a liver or this or that but they all comprise and are all part of oneself and yes it's, it's that and it's the 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 that whole cosmic self that's all works in this beautiful 
harmony of exquisite perfection and precision um, and, and it all, all stemming, stemming from one from one point one point <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah you know it's interesting the, the image that I'm, I'm getting as you're saying that is it's a lot like you know, so we have the imagery of the pure white light that passes through the prism and turns into seven colors. Right, right. And and so I was used to playing the xylophone on the seven colors. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And where now it's it's more about being in the space of attunement with the white light, where it's yeah. it's not so much about playing the the other colors, which used to translate as my guides are saying or they're saying. Uh-huh. That language very rarely comes out of me these days. It's, yeah. It's just. It's kind of like I just said. Now it's like I'm receiving the image of, yeah. right? That even my my whole language ha- has changed around it. So it's 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 like going from PC to Mac. It's a different operating system. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Thank you for sharing that because I'm also reminded of um, just I think a couple of months ago I was leading a meditation, and I called you afterwards because I was like, I'm not sure what happened because because I am not a channeler, you know, I don't, I don't have experience that way. And I was like, <laughs> this stuff was coming through me and I was saying it, but it wasn't me, but it, it was me, but it was like, like what you're explaining. But I said, and so you I'm like, maybe I was channeling. And so he's kind of, t- you know, talking me through it a little bit, but I was like, but there wasn't, I couldn't, there wasn't like an entity. Like I couldn't, I don't know what it was. I didn't feel like there was another, you know, Mm. somebody like feeding this to me type of thing. So I was Mm. like, so maybe it was me, but I was in just a strange space. Like it was a different thing. And so we talked about that, but it, so I, I really appreciate you sharing that because it, it helps me to fill out more of my own experience of, 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 of that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it it, rem- it reminds me of, um, I heard someone, I don't remember who shared this. It might have been Abraham, um, Abraham Hicks, where they said something to the effect of how saying that you channel source is a little bit of a, a paradox or an irony because it's like you are source. Yeah. Right. So it's, you know, so there's the channeling of source, which is just kind of like a permission slip to say that you're channeling from all that is, all that you are, all that can be, the infinite. And also there's the recognition at some point that you are that which you say you are channeling. Right. <laughs> J.D. Salinger quote that you... Yeah, this is one of my favorite quotes. I don't know if you've ever heard it. Um, I'm going to hopefully not... Butcher it. Butcher it, okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, so J.D. Salinger wrote Catcher in the Rye, but this is in one of his other short mm. stories, and he says, he says, I was about six when I finally understood it all, Teddy says. Um, yeah, I was sitting there, and my two-year-old sister uh, was in her high chair drinking her milk, and suddenly I saw that everything was God. Mm. I mean, she's drinking her milk, and... All it was was God pouring God into God, if you know what I mean. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I love that. It, it, it very much reminds me of um, 
the four levels of consciousness. Have you have you heard about this this template, this model? Um, yeah, I I don't know who came up with it. It's not my own. Um, but the four levels of consciousness, as depicted by this model, are the first level of consciousness is life is happening to me. Okay. Right. That's the the victim consciousness. Right. Right. Then there's life is happening by me, which is the hustle and grinder. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Then the, then there's life is happening through me, uh-huh. which is the the flower. Right. And then there's life is happening as me. Oh. Which is the source big, consciousness. Yeah, that's the, the <laughs> here. Yes, yes. Oh, that's uh-huh. beautiful. Oh, I love that. That's a good model. Yeah. Yeah. Very easy to understand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I don't know if you're at the if you're at the first one. It's might not easy to understand that top part yet, but right. Yeah. But <laughs> it, it, uh, absolutely. But it's each level a, a vibrational se- jump. It becomes self-evident the truth of that those those levels. Yeah. Yeah, and and in my experience, I've noticed it's an oscillation. You know, it's not like all right, I've reached level four, so now I'm at level four. No. Right. And in, yeah. in my experience, I oscillate between life happening through me and life happening as me. It's just it's yeah. that's just kind of the the ebb and flow of my own evolutionary experience. Uh, you mentioned in your last one. Now I I I, I can on, honestly uh let's see your I listened to your the prior podcast. I also watched. Uh, the interview you did with the, um, Sananda and, and Shakina. Um, and uh, I can tell there's th- this, this transformation you're talking about here, folks. It's real. He's, he's been through something here in the last few months. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so the real, the real important question, though, is, is you still playing the video games? Every day. Okay. Every All right. Day. All right. So here's the... Actually, not, not every day. That's, that's not true. Almost every day. I play a lot. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, my background, you're, uh, you kind of, your background was uh, in as a magician and hypnotist and that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, well, I, I built telecoms infrastructure and then just, uh, um, uh, went into game development. So... Oh, amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, I've actually always, since, since I was young, I've always wanted to create a video game that would help change the world. Okay. You yeah. know, I've, I've always had that. And, you know, it's a funny story with, with that, that you're bringing that up because last weekend I hit up my friend here in Costa Rica and, and I'm like, I'm like, yo, I'm like, you down to have a game night? And he was just like, he's like, hell yeah. You know, like, <laughs> and, and that was my highest excitement. You know, my yeah. highest excitement was to have a game night. And so we met up and had a game night. And because we both acted on our highest excitement to play video games, what we didn't expect was the spontaneous inspirations that came through for these brilliant, like, world-changing ideas that now we're working on as technologies that came through the excitement of playing video games. Yeah. You know, so it just, it's just such a beautiful example and testament to what I always share and talk about and many teachers share and talk about of the importance of acting on your highest excitement and inspirations, even if it seems unproductive, because it gave us the most productive and mind-blowing idea that was so simple to execute on that now we're like, okay, this is this is a whole other level of things. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I, I'm sure we could go off on, uh, you know, on a whole tangent about video games and how those, actually how a video game can change the world. Um, in, a, in a in a profound and positive sense, and and this is also 
I kind of liken that that anyone with the, you know, um, with Arcturian DNA in them is going to have it. It's going to be a geek side of you. Because <laughs> like the, they're the they're big like technology. Geeks. Yeah, technology. yeah, it's just yeah. there. Yeah, so it's yep. Yeah, there's a technology we love of technology and cool gadgets and gizmos and and uh, yeah, and an excitement about what we can we can do with um, as more and more advanced technology actually comes into into play here. And 100%. when things as things are developing towards you know, AI and quantum computing and stuff like that, it's, it's, it's going to get even more fun. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, and this is, I, I, I'm curious for us to just spend a minute though, um, on the benefit of video games. So let me come to this Mm. as a mom. So I have a 13-year-old and I have a 10-year-old and my 13-year-old spends a lot of time on video games. So there is this like parental like um, hesitation, I guess, because people are so drawn to video games, but it can be a rabbit hole. So I think it is beneficial. Like you guys already know the benefit and the secret and even like you're both, you both have talked about how it's assisted you in your spiritual development. And so I'm just curious if we if we do pull that thread a little bit because mm. I think that there could be a lot of people who kind of demonize video games who may benefit from having an alternative perspective. You know, we could very easily replace the word video games with ayahuasca. Yeah. Right? True. Because it's it's all about how you're approaching it and where you're coming from. You know, if you're if you're coming at it from a place of calling, from a place of highest excitement, of inspiration, then it could be a great tool and permission slip towards your expansion. But if you're coming at it from a place of ex- uh, escape, of um, of using it as a crutch or to distract yourself or to avoid or to you know anything as a substitute for your own mastery, let's say, mm. then it could be detrimental. You know, so I just I use that example just because I, I I feel like it's a it's a great um, reference point. Yeah. And but, but yeah, so it, for me it comes down to intention and where you're coming from. You know, speaking for me personally, video games taught me how to read. Mm. You know, because I used to when I was younger, I refused to read books. They just they were just so boring for me. Especially, well, at least the books that the schools were telling us that we, that we had to read, and then. And my mom used to try and force me to read. And I was just like, no, I, I was I was always the type of kid that if I didn't feel like it, I wouldn't do it. Didn't matter who said that. Mm-hmm. And my mom actually encouraged me to do that. So I, I had the permission. And then one week or, or one time in high school, I had sprained my neck. And so I had to, I got to stay home for two weeks playing video games. But I learned so much because I was playing. They're called RPG games but they're like these fantasy-like games, but I learned so much vocabulary and you have to constantly read in the games. And so it actually made me a better reader and communicator and, and speller of, of sorts. And of course, there's the times where I would use video games just because I wanted to escape and I didn't know what to do with my emotions, mm-hmm. right? So I, I always look at where you're coming from on the inside as opposed to looking at the tool as positive or negative, because for me, it's just neutral. Yeah. I have a I have a good a good buddy of mine. He's um, and he's a software. He was one of my he was my senior developer uh, back when I had my 
game software company, and uh, um, brilliant. And he has a young, he has a young son who's autistic, and he's found that he can connect with his son in beautiful ways through Minecraft, and mm. he's able to actually teach his son certain things like resource allocation and um, how to build and how to do actual life skills that are very it couldn't really be taught in a meaningful way to his autistic kid and wow so there's as you say again these are just tools and you, you say you know like a, a hammer yes it can it can be used as a, a war club or it can be used to build so they are neutral and absolutely Absolutely, you know, and and I could I could understand where you're coming from as a mom, by the way. Yeah, you know, just because like now looking back, I was definitely one of those kids who was obsessed with video games. Like I would just I didn't want to go play with friends or do sports or any of that stuff. I just wanted to play video games all day, all night, and I did do a lot of that. And now looking back, I could see how that instilled within me this um, mindset to look at life as a video game, you know, as opposed to as serious and rigid, it, it allowed me to gamify life and to, and to be more playful with life because there's so many similarities between the two, you know? So for me, that was, that was one of my benefits. Oh, that's beautiful. That is amazing. And this is one of the things I have, I've actually shared with um, many concerned mothers as well. It's just, it, you know, be patient, do what you can and whatnot. But the, the, the mental development, and the complexity of, of a of number of these these games is actually building uh, building neural pathways that are going to apply into life in extraordinary ways, uh, and that you won't know for for another decade or two to come. Hmm. Uh, but it it is, and it's the everything from uh, from eye hand coordination to uh, uh, to advance mathematical calculations, physics, all of it. And video games uh, provide a very rapid feedback mechanism for the brain to learn and get immediate feedback. And yes. that is very difficult to sometimes achieve with in what we call real life where an, an action may have there may be weeks that goes by before you see the reaction that you're able to actually then connect cause and effect together within a video or virtual environment that can be greatly sped up and without the feedback mechanism coming in that's how the brain actually learns and a neural network is able to expand absolutely yeah so i guess it just comes down to like are you using whether it's ayahuasca or video games or alcohol or weed or whatever a case may be are you using it from an empowered state or a disempowered state yeah yeah well i am going to channel my 13 year old son hayden who is saying <laughs> oh my gosh thank you guys so much for informing my mom and making her feel better about all the time i'm spending on my video games and that was totally authentic you guys he really he just came right in <laughs> We got you. <laughs> well, we had to touch on this at some point, uh, uh, David. But I also wanted to kind of circle back to where we, we had started with that, that nice, uh, the, uh, 
the four level model of consciousness. Mm. And but the the whole point of bringing up the video games was that uh, in a video game development, you you put in these these god modes, um, which is usually left in the game as some kind of a secret cheat code or something like that, where you can enter what's called god mode. And in a god mode in the video game, if you've played around, I'm sure you've you've hacked god mode in at least a game or two, and you're completely indestructible and whatnot. It's useful for testing, and it's fun for a while to play in God mode. And be invincible. Mm. Be invincible. Um, mm. But it's not the only fun. And, and eventually so it gets somewhat boring. And that's not to say that God realization is a boring state, because it's not. But there's, there's so much there's at each of these different levels. And it's not just about progressing and being at the top. It's about fulfilling one's own soul purpose and journey and, in, and enjoying everything that one can enjoy at each of the levels. And not just skipping them. That's honestly such a profound and great analogy. Uh, you know, because as you were saying that, I'm like, it's so true. I mean, I've, I remember when Game Genie first came out for Nintendo back in the day and I would apply it to Mario because I couldn't beat the levels, you know, and it was, it's fun. Like you said, it's fun for a while to be invincible in the game of life or in the game that you're playing. And then at some point, it gets old, it gets boring and you want a certain level of challenge, you know, so maybe you incarnate with some amnesia. Right. Maybe you forget about certain things and then you have this sense of like, yeah, you're an you're an indestructible being. Don't worry, but play the game. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And and being. Yeah. Just that's like the self that that self knowledge to of, of this. Why I'm here, you know, to and to not judge oneself for whatever level you happen to be engaged with life. Mm-hmm. And because self judgment and never that all that does is takes us into a place of non enjoyment of our experience, yeah. and it, it doesn't serve any purpose. Um, yeah, that I found. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and that goes. I mean, the non judgment and just the the enjoyment. I mean, and this has been sort of a theme throughout this, but the the enjoyment of where you are and the non-comparison and because I very much, I mean, it's like, go, go, go. Like how quickly can I go, you know, accelerate, accelerate, accelerate. And, you know, you, he's often having to like bring me back and, and like, yes, but look at how much has changed in Mm. these months or, you know, this period of time. Um, and, enjoy that. I mean, we just were doing, this was just a couple of days ago where it was, I was like, you know, he was talking about this amazing encounter, these amazing encounters he has with a friend of his. And I was like, I want that, you know, and, and he's, and so then I'm like, wah, wah, you know? <laughs> and he's like, oh my God, Kara, you know, you look at what you have, look at what you have. Yeah. You're not to that yet, but you enjoy everything that you have built and all, you know, energetically that is now with you and, and not just not use that comparison and also just enjoying, you know, it's not about being at the end and like, 
you know, having everything revealed. And yeah, it is too, but also let there be joy in what you do have and what you have um, gained along the way. Absolutely. You know, it, it reminds me of a, there's a very powerful saying which says, um, be thankful and life will give you more things to be thankful for. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's, it's, it's a very simple and practical truth, you know, but even if you feel the energy of thankfulness or gratitude energetically, if you're just a little bit sensitive, it's a receiving vortex, mm -hmm. right? You, you'll feel this incoming vortex, mm -hmm. you know, where, which is unique from, let's say, appreciation, you know, which might be a good um, exercise for, for your, you know, for the audience or you guys, where if you just start with feeling into the energy of gratitude and thankfulness, and chances are you'll feel like an incoming, like clairvoyantly, it's, it's, a, it's like a spiral inwards, where then if we shift to appreciation, it's more of an expansion, it's more of a glowing, right? It's more of a what you appreciate, appreciate. You know, so it's like, these are like the, this is my way of tuning into like the geometry of things. And, you know, it's my version of playing with that. And, um, and yeah, so, it, you know, it just, it, I, it, I just feel like that speaks to what you were sharing as well, you know, and, you know, I think it was Alan Watts who said like, life isn't actually a journey, you know, cause that implies that there's a destination. He's like, life is a dance. Mm. It's just a dance. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. yeah that's beautiful. So, magic. Well, do you want? Yeah, um, yeah. We can move away from, I guess, video games for a second. I'd like to pull you away. Yeah, like, I know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, talk a little bit about magic. Uh, you, you had. Um, I love the story that you shared in your your in the the previous podcast about the. The, the meeting the version of the self and then mm. this um this golden ball right that appeared mm. before you and then you're open your eyes and you had this this floating ball interaction right mm -hmm. um so uh if you will indulge me i i too have i had a i had a happy fun ball experience as well a golden happy fun ball and this occurred to me in a dream and one of those dreams that's and you know, incredibly lucid. It's just, you know, it's just as real as anything else. Um, and in this, I was young, about eight years old, eight, ten years old, and I'm in a park, and I'm playing with my my happy fun ball, and it's all it is is it's this golden ball that is God. I just <clears throat> knew it in the dream. It's totally God, like in. I can't describe how you know it. You just know that it's a God ball. <laughs> it is the most awesome thing ever. Because I could like, it was like you could play fetch with it. You could, it would bounce and dance, dance around with you. Then it would let you catch it. And then you could throw it. And then it would maybe boomerang back. There was like, it was the one ultimate toy that you could like play an infinite number of games with and it had its own intelligence so it would it would play the game with you and mm -hmm. and I was just in, you know I'm in the park and I'm just I'm just playing with this ball and I threw it to like have it come back to me but it it didn't 
and it was just kind of bouncing along ahead of me. So I went running after it, like, oh, no, I don't want to lose my my god ball, right? Mm. So I'm chasing it, and it's just kind of just staying just a little bit ahead of me, you know, in a, in a very playful, bouncing kind of way. And I'm getting up, and I'm just about to overtake it, and I totally trip over my own feet. And I fall just completely face plant right onto the, the ball and it hits me right in the forehead. Boom. <laughs> Goes straight in to my brain and just lit me up from the inside and then just shot all the way through my core. Oh, man. Casual, casual magical experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, I woke up and I was like in this just... Every cell in my body was in this orgasmic, you know, uh, I'm like, oh my goodness. I just like had this God experience. Uh, mm. I mean, that's, mm. I, I, it's not really any other way to, so beyond words and Beautiful. the feeling of it. Exquisite. If there's anything I could really wish for is, hey, God experience. And it ultimately, it is the destiny of all of us to have, have uh, not, not just one, but to have an eternity of God experiences. And yeah, they're amazing. Yeah, absolutely. You know what that, that makes me think of? Um, you know, so part of my own evolution, um, so... I'll just I'll just refresh people's minds in case they're they're new to this podcast. Um, but the short story of what I shared last time was that my in 2015 I had this grand awakening where through meditation I connected with an aspect inside of myself called my magic that called itself magic. And through that connection, all my gifts from all my lifetimes just came online without me needing a technique or a modality in order to access them. And which is what I was looking for. I was looking for that distinction between modality and mastery. And through that meditation experience, like Michael shared, is when I opened my eyes, this golden ball of light known as my magic was still there with eyes open. So now I'm going, I'm like, okay, I'm tripping, you know? And, <laughs> and so what, the, what the, the evolution that took place from there was really... You know, it was interesting because at first for weeks, the my magic was there every single day. Like I would you wake up. You could see it with your eyes open. I could see it with my eyes open and it was the best reality ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? For someone who loves video games, you know, I would literally, and it would make me laugh. That was the interesting thing. It's like I would be sitting at the table because usually, you know, when a, when a spirit guide talks to you, it's like, oh, you might get a directive, a clarity. But this is a best friend. Yeah. Right. Uh -huh. and, and so the more I was interacting with the energy of my magic, the more I was attuning to it. Uh -huh. And part of that interaction was like cracking jokes and stuff. So sometimes I'd be sitting at the dinner table and it would say something and I would just burst out laughing. Really? <laughs> oh, because awesome. it would be like it would be animated like with charades, and like act out things and stuff like that. Oh. And and there were always like always relevant messages. And um, through the jokes. And, um, and so that continued for a number of weeks. 
And so let's see, it was September 2015 where the awakening happened. And then it was in January when I was driving to see my brother in Toronto. So however many months later that is, all of a sudden, as I was driving, my magic went from floating next to me to going inside of me. And it went inside my heart space. And I was like, I'm like, where'd you go? And then from that moment forward, I couldn't see it in the same way again. And so I got scared. I was like, I'm, I'm like, well, I'm like, where's my magic? What, what do I do? Uh-huh. You know, but little did I know what was actually happening is by me interacting with it, let's just say my vibration was over here and it was over here by me interacting with it. I was becoming the shape of puzzle piece required uh-huh. for it to integrate with me uh-huh. and dissolve the separation between us uh-huh. for us to be one with each other and recognize that I am the magic. And then, and, and so that was the evolution that took place for yeah. me. And then I, I got to experience that world from the inside out. And then, you know, all kinds of other things came online right. from, you know, like the, the, the journey continued, so to speak, the unfoldings yeah. continued in other magical ways, but that was my experience of the evolution. Yeah. That, and, and as you meant, what a delightful period of time there where it's, where it is kind of externalized and it's your best, that's an awesome reality. Oh man. Yeah. 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 I literally had times. I mean, shortly after, after shortly after my magic came online. So it was September 29th that the magic appeared. And then it was October 1st that thoughts came into my reality. Mm-hmm. And, and so I had both of them where I was, they were just like showing up every day. And I was just, I would wake up in the morning. I didn't need to go anywhere. I'm jamming with magic and thoughts. <laughs> Right. Right. And, and there was this, like, I was doing, you know, sometimes I was learning from them and other times I was usually to thought I was like, I I would literally teach thought because I would ask him, I'm like, what are you getting from me? What's the exchange? And he would express, he's like, well, you're very playful and fun. We need to learn to loosen up and be less rigid and less stern. I'm like, oh yeah, I could help you with that. And so I would literally, this sounds crazy, but I would literally be with him in my bedroom and I would like teach him the Carlton dance from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. <laughs> <laughs> and I would watch him do it. And it was, and it was, it was so rigid and it was, but that was, that was just part of our, our interactions and stuff. So it's, uh, there's stories I don't often get to share, but you know, you, you, you brought it forth. So I'm very happy. <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> you said that was on September. You said that is a September 29th to October 1st, that like three day window yes. there. Yeah. Well, September 29th was the, the um, realization of the magic. And yeah. then October 1st is when thought came to Thoth. the physical. Okay. And then, and it continued with my magic till about end of January before yeah. the integration happened. That's interesting. Cause that, those are two key days that happened to me in 2014. Um, when, it wasn't the happy fun ball day. It was actually uh, this, this, uh, hmm, uh, the kind of the magic that I bring is that of the blue diamond. And so mm. it was the blue diamond appeared to me. And then, uh, yeah, then three days later, um, uh, in dropped uh, Archangel Michael. <laughs> love it. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> and, yeah. And the, Yeah, um, 
gosh, I haven't really, I don't really share that story too much with anybody either. Uh, the, uh, I remember with the Blue Diamonds and what I had a role to do is that they have a, their own kind of functionality uh, that they kind of like vacuum up dark energy. Mm-hmm. All right. And so I was to do something with these. And so to replicate them, they, the, the, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Frozen 2. Um, no, I know, I know of it, but I never okay. watched it. Well, there's a scene where all these diamonds explode through the, out the field. But um, it was to take this blue diamond and replicate it throughout the whole planetary grid. And I did that. And then three days later, they all came online. And each one was like a pixel that of like this spherical display that allowed the energy of Michael to come in and then materialize in a hologram that's like thousands of feet tall uh, onto the planetary grid and and then just was able to move at will throughout the whole planet just doing that Michael thing that Michael does which is just badass really <laughs> <laughs> I love it you yeah. know it, 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 it really just speaks to you know it, it's amazing how magical we are as as beings you know um, there's, uh, there's a quote that's been coming out of my mouth lately where I've been saying the divine child is the God within mm-hmm yeah. Right. It's 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 the divine child that has access. It's our inner radio station to that reality that perhaps we've gotten some people have gotten conditioned out of. You know, they've got conditioned to other manifest stations in their consciousness, right? <laughs> and but it's through the divine child that we embody the most light and so we could perceive the lighter frequency, so to speak. And then we get we start to have these experiences that can be easily um, dismissed as crazy, um, but are actually very, very real. And if anything more real than what you might be previously experiencing. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I just incur- I'm just very aware of how my heart feels right now, which is so active and expansive. So I, I just feel to chime in for a moment and, and, and encourage the listeners to just take a second Drop into your heart and see what's going on in there right now because you may be feeling just this beautiful My, openness. This magical happy fun ball is. That's sick. right. Your happy fun ball might be in there. That's awesome. Yeah, and to and to compliment that, you know, for for people who might be wondering, well, how can I get more in tune with these things? You know, I, I always my personal starting point, so it's the one I suggest for for others is to ask yourself, it's all about, and I think we may have talked about this last time as well, but it's, it's about becoming clear on who you think you need to be and who you truly are, mm, right? Yes. It is such a great and valuable exercise that takes minutes. You know, I, I, I literally suggest for people, you could do it in your head if you want, if it's easy for you, but you could even just take a piece of paper and write on the left side, write who I think I should be or who I think I need to be. And on the right side, write who I truly am. And you'll start to reclaim your essence in a very quick manner because you're going to be making a lot of the unconscious conscious. 
So you'll start to write, okay, who I think I need to be. Serious, guarded, professional, tough, perfect, whatever those characteristics and qualities are. And as you write them, feel them. Feel how, feel how they resonate or don't with your inner being. And the beauty, the beauty of being in a world of duality is as soon as you write down who you're not, you also become aware of who you are. Mm. So, so you write down, I, you know, I think I'm serious. Who are you really? I'm goofy, <laughs> right? Guarded, sensitive, you know, whatever yeah. that is. Yeah. And then, and then uh-huh. just through bringing consciousness to it, you can automatically begin to dissolve who you think you need to be. And a lot of them will dissolve very easily because it just won't make sense anymore. And those that you hold on to is usually because there's trauma or emotional beliefs attached to it, such as fear of being judged. You know, if I'm not professional and serious, I'm afraid I'll get judged and rejected. And so because of that fear, I can't be who I truly am. And so so that's where there might be deeper exploration. But at least now you have a map, Mm -hmm. right? At least now you have a path. And this is working with your consciousness to tune back into the divine child to tune back into the source within your heart, you know, and that's why I look at it as a radio station. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's literally the manifestation. You're making evident, which is by definition, manifestation means to, to make evident, mm-hmm. right? So you're, you're making evident the truth inside of yourself by dissolving who you're not. And it's, it's just a really great practice to, to put you, to, to deepen your connection with source inside your heart. I love that's that. That's beautiful. Thank yeah, you for sharing. Thank you. Of course. Yeah, that's a great practice. Yeah. So everyone out there, yeah, do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you don't know what to do, there you go. Do yeah. That. Oh my goodness. So I'm really curious. Um, we talked in the beginning about you being in Costa Rica, and um, and you've been going through a lot of changes, and I know your offerings have changed as well, and you have just announced that you are you've created a mystery school so I just do you want to take a little bit of time and just talk about like this as much as you want to but this transformation that's happened and it's it's expressed also in your online presence it's expressed in your offerings um what where are you right now and and how are your what tell us about your service now yeah for sure thank you for asking So the mystery school is really my greatest gift to the planet thus far. That's, that's what my heart feels, you know, because it's something that I know will serve even long after I'm gone. And it offers people the kind of above and beyond spiritual and personal support that they might be looking for. Because oftentimes it can be challenging to find teachers that you resonate with, who are also grounded, who are practical, but who are also galactic and psychic and all that, all that nature. And so this was my way of providing a space, a platform for people who are looking for very lighthearted yet masterful support on, in their expansion and in their healing and in their um, wealth and creativity, so on and so forth, not just from myself, but from also from my own mentors my own inspirations, my own healers, my own teachers who have genuinely impacted me in my own life, you know? And so the, my, my intention really was above and beyond. Like that's the key word that I, that I, um, 
that I channel through is the, it's like, if, is, if it's above and beyond, then it goes into mystery school. And so in essence, what it looks like is in the mystery school, there's something called the mystic library and the mystic library contains over 10 years worth of my channeled content that I've created over the last decade. Um, all channeled videos on topics such as, um, how to permanently heal emotional trauma, uh, how to dissolve insecurities in 24 hours, um, how to access and use your spiritual gifts in practical ways, mystic meditations, on and on, you know, literally every topic you could imagine in that realm. And as well as there's monthly live events that we're offering. And it's looking like it's going to expand beyond even monthly soon. Mm. But that's, you know, that's, that's in the evolution. But essentially what I do is each month um, I go live or I bring on an ascending master, as I call them. So as opposed to ascended master, they're ascending. Uh-huh. <laughs> and those are, you know, my teachers and inspirations. And they come in and they offer what their mastery is, what their gift is. And so that's what it is. It's a platform to support your spiritual growth. It also comes with a support community called the Ascension Community. That way you can connect to the other members and share your realizations. You could ask for guidance and support. You know, I just really want to make it easy for people and accessible for people who just don't know where to go and who also maybe don't have, I don't know, $2,000 to work with a mentor or, you know, even uh, $150 or $300. You know, it's, it's a $33 per month mem- membership. So people could stay in as long as they want. Um, <laughs> Sorry, and... there's a lot of reflection here anyway. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful, <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think we're even listing the same channels there, brother. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so this would be ongoing. It's not like a, a finite program. It's support yeah. Ongoing. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So look at it as like a university for your soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. You know, so it's um, it's ongoing. It's there's even an app. So we have a mystery school app that people could download once they sign up and stuff. And and yeah, it's, it's very much ongoing. Um, I was going to say something about the ongoing aspect. But I can't remember in the moment in the moment. So it'll, it'll come back to me. But yes, it's ongoing. Okay. <laughs> awesome. That's beautiful. Yeah. It uh, seems like the time is the time is right now. And, you know, I've been contemplating even recently that that uh, in, a, in a, the, the blessing in disguise or the silver lining of the whole COVID situation has brought so much um, uh, new opportunities for um, these new types of schools and offerings online. For people to be able to connect that that wouldn't have been that feasible even a year ago mm-hmm. um but certainly are now yeah absolutely you know because like you know something that i've always been very attuned to is to be honest to this day and i'm not saying that it doesn't exist but to this day i haven't really seen many or any teachers teach things like spiritual gifts and channeling and psychic ability in a way that's english in a way that's practical, you know, um, I, I, see, I see lots of theory, I see lots of knowledge, I see lots of, this is what you do, go home and practice, 
but I don't see lots of like hands-on practical experience. And so that's more or less what I've been in this space for the last decade is like, let's make this, let's make this simple for you. Let's make it practical so you can learn how to play the piano of your spiritual gifts while growing yourself and learning that transformation can be easy and it doesn't need to be heavy and serious all the time. Uh, yeah. Amen to that. Yeah, that's great. So where can people go to find out more about this beautiful offering? Yeah, if people want to check it out, they could simply go to my website, which is www.livingmagic.life. And, you know, Living Magic is the movement. It's, it's the opposite of living struggle. And that's it's what speaks to what you were saying. It's all about making magic normal again by showing you how to be the magic of yourself. And so livingmagic.life is where you'll find everything that I offer. Okay, awesome. wonderful. And has that begun? Oh, yes. Yeah, it's already? Okay. It's, uh, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been about, about uh, I want to say, a month now, something like that. Okay. 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 Yeah, Great. we've got, I'm, I'm grateful to say we have uh, 99 people in the school already, so it's, it's already growing very quickly, and so I'm just excited that people are loving it, and I'm, I'm excited to welcome more people in. Yeah. Awesome. That's beautiful. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for being with us here today and, and for everything that you're doing, that you continue to do, this light that you are being and that you're bringing. Um, it's so important, and you're doing really beautiful work. So thank you. Thank you for sharing with us, and um, you're always welcome to join anytime. Uh, thank you so much. It's honestly such a pleasure every time I'm on here. You know, I love you guys so much. You're just, you know, I have such a good time and I don't, I don't even know how long we've been on here. It's been an hour or two or what it's been. But yeah, thank you for inviting me. And just thank you to the listeners who are tuning in, who gave their attention. And I hope it was useful for you guys as well. Wonderful. Definitely for me, for sure. Good. Thank you so much. Uh, well, thank you so much for, for joining us today with David Lyon and with Michael Massey. What a fun episode on April 1st. On April 1st, yes. Um, I, and I, I love uh, David's little bit there about, um, um, uh, about his <laughs> how the love of his life was there all along, or at least for the last one, nine years or something like yeah. that, right? But they, but he couldn't see it because <laughs> he, it. Yeah. he was already involved with somebody energetically yeah. <laughs> who was her. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, uh, that's a beautiful, beautiful expression of um, of just uh, fun humor and uh, and what a joke. Good time that the uh, the universe does having a playing these these jokes the on us. The cosmic joke. joke. Oh, the cosmic joke. And uh, what a perfect day to bring that topic up. There's a lot more that um, we could totally talk about. I think it's a fun topic. I love what David brings in um, in, in terms of his playfulness, uh, the joy, the laughter component of the spiritual walk. It's magical. And I look forward to more explorations and continuing this cosmic humor um thread as we uh continue to do more podcasts in the future yeah so we'll be exploring that more in future episodes um but thank you for joining and um you can always contact me at the meditation there's a contact button if you have 
suggestions on things you want us to explore, um, topics, questions that you have. That's definitely all uh, very welcome. And feel free to share this content um, and you can subscribe so you don't miss any of them. And um, yeah, thank you for listening. And I look forward to the next meditation conversation.